Welcome to VR Hermits, a podcast about virtual reality development. I'm Dave Ramsey. And I'm Joe Simpson. Let's get started. I don't know about you, Joe, but I spent all week working on my stuff for the FileMaker Developer Conference next week, which means I have no progress made in VR. Nice. I'm, I'm guessing you have some. I do. Um, not so much on the project that I'm working on, though. I actually had a a bunch of consulting work from a couple different clients all pop up at the same time this week. And uh, it was just kind of a perfect storm of wasting most of Tuesday with the video game and then a whole bunch of consulting work Wednesday and Thursday. It just kind of zapped my creativity and uh, took a bunch of time. So didn't really make any progress directly on the project. I learned a little bit about Maya. I know last week I touched on how confusing I found Blender to be. Um, but a Twitter friend Jason M. pointed out that Maya has a version called Maya LT for game development that is much cheaper than Maya. So I started working with that and did a couple of short tutorials on YouTube just to get familiar with it and made a couple of really bad things just to get used to the tools a little bit. Um, and it is... It is much more straightforward than Blender. It just makes more sense to navigate. I just found Blender really confusing. Like, I, this is not how I use a mouse. Like, in any other program, why are you making me do this, Blender? I just found it kind of weird where Maya felt like it had a much lower barrier to entry, um, but also capable of a lot more. So, was pretty excited about that. I spent most of Monday playing with Maya, and then a good deal of Thursday. Interestingly enough, well, interesting to me, I I decided to basically give up trying to get any work done and just spend the weekend going through all the accumulated tutorial stuff that I had on my plate. So I had a couple couple hours of Maya stuff. I had some YouTube stuff for Unreal Engine. I had the big course on Udemy that I abandoned a month ago, and then the smaller course that you're working on. And I decided I'm going to sit down and just watch all of those videos and take notes. Not necessarily work through all the examples. I opened Unreal Engine when I needed to you know, see something for myself. But for the most part, I sat there with a laptop and just took notes. And uh, I did that on what I thought was Friday and Sunday, Friday and Saturday, but it turned out that that was actually Thursday and Friday. I don't know how I lost a day somewhere in there, but I had two Saturdays this week, um, which was kind of nice. But I spent one of them watching about 26 hours of content as fast as possible. Wow. So, uh, so you learned anything neat? I did. Um, I think... I tried to go over my notes this afternoon and I realized that I had taken about 16,000 words of notes. (laughs) (laughs) 
see Joe? <laughs> you find that amusing? <laughs> how, yeah. does, how does that compare to like a novel? Go ahead. I, I'm going to do some uh, online searching here for <laughs> for a uh, number of words in a novel. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was those notes were spread around four different courses at different levels. One of them was Maya. Three of them were Unreal Engine. And uh, so, that, yeah, I don't really know how to to drill 16,000 words down into uh, a couple minutes on a podcast. But uh, one thing I noticed with this approach was that all three of the instructors were basically covering the same core concepts with Unreal Engine. Um, mainly level design, how to use blueprints, how to do in-game animations, a little bit with sequencer, a lot with lighting and post-processing and stuff like that. Um, but watching watching through all of that stuff in kind of rapid fire, I, mean, I had either YouTube or Udemy running at 2x the entire day on Friday, what I thought was Saturday. And uh, I don't know, that was, for me, that was a really good way to absorb a ton of information very quickly and kind of get the bigger picture about Unreal Engine that I've been lacking so far of just how everything works together. And I know you've been slowly going through the how to develop your first two, two games course on Udemy the past couple of weeks. What I suggest when you get back from FileMaker's DevCon and you get back into VR stuff, what I suggest is that you bring up the course, take some notes, but watch all of the video content through at 2x without working through anything. And then once you get a feel for what he's trying to do in each of the modules and just a feel of how to navigate around the editor, then go back through and work through those lessons again at regular speed. I think that that's the only course I would suggest doing that with. But I think his particular teaching style of not necessarily telling you what you need to know or what you want to know at every step of the way, um, it's, I found it more beneficial to actually see him work through the entire pinball thing. And then, oh, okay, this is why he made all these decisions earlier. Hmm. Um, okay. And then the next level, or the next module he did was even, it was a way more advanced game and did some really crazy stuff with just making a really gorgeous environment um, for a top-down game. And just watching him kind of be in the zone in the viewport and just building this this world, like that was really cool itself. I might rewatch that a couple of times because... I did notice about his particular style of teaching that he describes a lot more about his thinking when he's in kind of the mental level design mode than he does when he's in blueprints. When he's in blueprints, he basically just says what he's doing. He doesn't really say why a whole lot. Okay. But when he's in, in level design mode, he's, you know, okay, we're going to put these here, we're going to get these blocks lined up here, and we're going to add a pillar to kind of cover this slight distortion that you may see at this angle, things like that. Um, but yeah, I, it was a lot of information all at once. Um, but I think, you know, listening to podcasts at four X for the last three months has made two X seem kind of (laughs) easy. 
So a uh, real-time follow-up. Wikipedia says many chapter books for children started at a length of about 16,000 words. Okay. So you wrote a children's book. Yeah. I can see that. And it's a lot of content. It's a lot of just bulleted lists and mm-hmm. yeah, doesn't make it doesn't read very well. Um, but it's it's my own weird organizational outlining system or how I can take notes and find stuff quickly. Yeah, no, I'll, so, yeah. I'll probably end up taking your advice because I was considering when I got back into it, skipping the rest of the first section that I'm on because it's getting into the sequencer and post-production stuff, which I want to learn eventually, but I've reached this point in the process where I know basically how to put things in a place. Mm-hmm. What I really want to do is make a thing that does something. Mm-hmm. It could be really simple, but it just needs to freaking do something. <laughs> I want to I want to write a little bit of code. I want to do a little bit of bl- blueprints. Let me let me throw an object into the world and have it bounce around or something, which will be helpful because it's the next example is a pinball game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I need I need some interactivity in there or it just feels like I'm playing with a 3D rendering tool with very, very high level primitives, which is interesting in and of itself, but that's not what I got into this for. Yeah. So when I get back, it'll be so not this week and not next week, but the week after when I'm back, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to dig into. I think. Okay. So I'm trying, I'm just scrolling through my notes here to see if there's anything particularly noteworthy. Um, I guess the, the three courses that I'm talking about, one of which is just a YouTube series by Matthew Madstein called the MVP intro series. And it was maybe 13 or 15 episodes, the very length from like six minutes to 30 minutes. And he has a much more casual borderline unprofessional approach to teaching. Um, like I heard him say boop several times and <laughs> knocking items into place. And yeah, a lot less planning went into his course, but it was, it was the most fun to watch. I found it the most relatable. Um, was he's he, got a ton of other stuff out there. Was he using boop as a verb in that context? Yep. Okay. So he would boop something into place. Got it. Yep. Yep. Lots of things like that. Um, and he did, I wish I had found his stuff before I started anything else because he went the slowest and explained the most in a almost condescending way, which is kind of what I need when I'm this new at something. Like, <laughs> hey, idiot, do it this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just do it this way, but like, seriously, you don't know what you're talking about. This is why you have to do it this way. If you don't, your computer will catch on fire. <laughs> He didn't actually say that, but that was kind of the tone. Like, yeah, really good stuff. And he covered pretty much in in less than six hours, he covered almost everything that the 15-hour course covered just in a different from a different perspective. Didn't go into it nearly as much detail, but he pointed you in the right direction in a lot of ways. 
but it did cover all the you know the basics of how to navigate the viewports, how to lay out levels, how to use geometry, how to turn geometry into static meshes, how to make materials, how to handle lighting, how to work in dynamic lighting so you're not constantly having to rebuild lighting and then how to get out of that mode and back into rebuilding lighting. Um, it even went into building some pretty cool landscape stuff. Um, did some pretty dumbed down materials for the landscapes, but just to show you how to use the blending tools for layouts and make different layers. And uh, yeah, and, like he touched on all of the concepts, but made kind of ridiculously easy examples of them just to show you like, oh, here's the tool. Here's what you can do. This is a really, really simple version of that. And here's how to find out more and do more complicated versions of that. And he's got, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of YouTube videos out there of other stuff that he goes into a lot more detail. This was just meant to be a, a high level intro course. Um, and then the other two courses, one of which was the large 55 hour or so course that we've been talking about for quite a while. It's a, I forget the exact name of on Udemy, but it's the only one that mentions C++. There's a lot of C++ in that course. Um, that one, I would say the things I learned most about that were, obviously I learned a lot about C++ from that one, but also a little bit more on how to run a game project. As I was looking back over my notes today, I realized a lot of the stuff that I had jotted down was when they when they started a new module, they actually went and talked through their version of GDD for it and how they reached those conclusions and things like that and really talked through how to kind of scope a project out so you're not working yourself into a corner, which is kind of what I feel like I've done. Um, so really good stuff. Basically, I picked up a lot of like developer-adjacent topics there soft skills as it were things that aren't necessarily programming but are really important for these types of projects especially when i'm working alone um but also just picked up a ton about version control um and that's kind of a recurring theme with you and i not knowing how to use version control very well like i just i'm using source tree and don't really do much of the command line with it and uh just using source tree well with git and git lfs and things like that um, and then other stuff in that series that really took out, stood out to me was just how to set up projects for, you really take advantage of project settings and editor settings, lots of little shortcuts and things like that. And then the, the final course, the one that you're working on, which is called Unreal Engine 4, how to develop your first two games. That one despite my criticism from it last week or the week before about him stopping, you know, he just kind of stopped explaining stuff after a while. I think that 15 hour course has the most information in the time available. He goes into the most detail. He covers the, as many aspects of unreal engine as are possible. Really. Um, some of the stuff he gets into really detailed, levels and some of it is just kind of a here's just a, a tiny snippet of information about this topic um 
But yeah, I guess that's my take on those three courses. I will probably work through some of those examples, especially the, the survival game in Section 3. I might work through that again at some point. Um, or at least watch through it again. Because it was pretty interesting stuff. So yeah, that's that was my giving myself something to do when I didn't have any any creative energy, really. Whatever you call that. Whenever you don't really feel like doing anything. <clears throat> Juice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to that end, I decided I need a vacation. <laughs> it's been about... It's been almost two years since I started my business, and I haven't taken a vacation since. And I really... And I know we talked about this on our previous podcast series called uh, Massively Unqualified Development, but I'm pretty bad at taking days off on purpose. I take all kinds of days off when I burn out and just kind of crash and burn. Mm -hmm. But those are usually unplanned and untimely. Um, I've been pretty bad about actually taking time off on purpose. And then... uh, you know, kind of working normal hours. What I've tended to do is work for ridiculous a ridiculous period of time for a ridiculous number of days straight and then kind of crash and burn for a couple of days and play video games or watch some TV shows or read a bunch of books and then rinse and repeat. That's pretty much what I've been doing the last two years. Yeah, that's a mental health day, not a, uh, or 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 what other people might call a weekend. Yeah, not <laughs> not actually a vacation. Yeah, yeah, it's not as relaxing because I always feel kind of bad for not doing what I had already decided to do that day. So there's always that kind of background anxiety. Like I, you know, I've got eight things on my to-do list that I'm not doing because I'm sitting here playing video games. So, what are you going to do for your vacation? Well, the first three days I'm going to play video games. <laughs> are are, are it, you staying at home for your vacation? Well, for three of it, yes, and for three of it, no. Okay. So I'm actually going to a lake in Pennsylvania, in the middle of nowhere. There's a cabin and a lake and no people. And then you're going to sit down and write Walden. (laughs) Not quite. Although I may take a copy with me. (laughs) I try to read that every year. It's been about nine months or so since I read it. That has been one of the really nice things about getting into eBooks over the last decade or two is being able to take 15 novels with me on vacation really yeah. easily without like filling an entire suitcase with nothing but books. Um, yeah, I went mostly electronic earlier this year and consolidated from about 700 books to 56. And uh, Walden was definitely one of the few that actually still have a paper copy of. Awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of where I am 
um, as far as education goes. I One of the reasons I'm really glad about the kind of lazy approach to the coursework that I took and just blasting through it all at once is because when I woke up on Saturday and realized that it was Saturday and not Sunday, um, which would have been confusing if I called you for a podcast, <laughs> I realized it pretty early. It, it, I don't know how, but I ended up just some point Thursday afternoon after lunch, I decided that it was no longer Thursday and that it was in fact Friday. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that happened. I knew it was Thursday in the morning, but it was Friday in the afternoon evening. Um, but as I was just kind of decompressing on Saturday, a bunch of the stuff that I had been stuck on the week before or the days before started to make sense because I started to see how to do certain things with static meshes and skeletal meshes and how the relationships between Unreal Unreal Engine and how to do stuff in Maya and how to bring in assets from Maya and do some of the animation stuff and then tie those animations in in Unreal Engine. So some of the stuff, none of it's going to be easy, but I'm starting to see that what I wanted to do is possible, where before I was like, I think this is possible, but I'm not sure, and I'm not even, I can't figure out how to ask the question. Right. So just seeing enough of other people doing similar things was enough to kind of get the information spinning around my head, which is just kind of how I learn. I usually learn by taking too much information and just sitting on it for a while and letting it kind of work itself out in my head. I hate to use the word synergy because the business community has destroyed that word, but it is kind of the appropriate word for taking all different kinds of data and just putting it in your head and learning from it and kind of using it all together. That's what I've done with previous programming languages but also with how I study philosophy and history and any other topic I've been interested in over the last 10 years. It's not efficient, but it's fun. This week, um, having a, a bit a bit of a better handle on what I'm... Well, maybe I don't have a, a handle on what I'm building yet, but I have more of an idea of what's possible and what's practical, more importantly. Um, So I need to really spend some time tomorrow working through parts of my notes for how to really document out the project and kind of ask myself some questions. I I think I jotted down about 20 questions to ask myself about the project and kind of answer each of those in a paragraph or two and basically turn that into a working feature list or a punch list of things to work on over the next week or so. This is this week is going to be pretty light as far as work goes because it is, for all intents and purposes, the week before vacation. So I might have some more consulting stuff pop up that I have to take care of this week because I'm not available for the following week. Right. And, uh, not too worried about it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's been 
it's weird to start a brand new project and only get a week into it before losing steam. I guess I just kind of time things wrong. Usually when I start a new project, I'm like, I am just head down for months at a time. Like nothing else matters. And, uh, it was not the case this time. Yeah. I, there's so much to learn on VR development that initially I think progress is difficult. Like you can make progress on learning, but it's tough to make progress on making at the beginning. It's not that the learning curve is sharp. It's just that you have to reach a particular plateau before you can accomplish much that looks like anything like what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and that creates a, an impediment. But yeah. Um, the closest to VR stuff that I got this week was actually playing some games. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Um, I dusted off a quiver, which is up until now been my favorite. Um, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, I just, I really like the bow mechanics in quiver. I like having to reach over my shoulder to, grab the next arrow as opposed to just grab the bowstring and hey there's another arrow there um but it it's in uh steam early access and so it's a moving target it keeps changing and i'm not playing it every day so as it's changing i'm just seeing these huge leaps and like sometimes I really like them and sometimes less so. And I popped into the game and I'm looking around. And I'm like, wow, they added lots more design elements and this all looks really neat. And where the heck is everything? And why does it all look weird? <laughs> um, part of that effect is also predicated on the fact that I liked what I had played originally so much that I didn't really need them to do anything else. Yeah. Like, I would have been fine if that was the game and they were done. If they just exited early access that day. Apparently, they're trying to accomplish something else. And okay, that's fine. But um, it was a little... um, It was just an interesting experience. I'd never done something that had that level of motion from successive things. Like, people will add new levels but they'd kind of finished on the earlier stuff. So it was just, you know, now there's a level five instead of ending at level four. Okay. And this thing, this, the world itself just keeps getting bigger, which is just a new experience for me. Hmm. Um, then because I was liking the bow mechanics so much, I tried trickster for the first time, okay. which had your favorite bow mechanics. Absolutely. Well, maybe not. I don't know if necessarily favorite is the right word. I just think the haptics and the sound feel better. Okay. But uh, I particularly like the game itself. It's just a a fun fighting game because you can switch between the bow and the sword so quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neat game. Neat game. Um, I spent a lot of time getting killed by things from weird angles. Yeah. Like this large orc just kind of sidestepped around a pillar and now I'm getting chewed on (laughs) and it's not entirely clear where I'm getting chewed on from, 
but are you playing it in uh, teleport mode or locomotion mode? I was doing locomotion. Okay. Did What's your? What do you think of that? Um, I is there an option to turn off the the narrowing field of focus? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was ridiculously narrow. Yeah, it's if I could just make it and smaller or less small, I would yeah, probably be that, okay. They added that in in some update where it wasn't there before, and then I jumped in to play. I'm like, what is this? And immediately went and found a way to turn it off because after being used to just running through the world, having that tiny little circle was insane. Yeah, I don't really get motion sick. So I'm not really the the right person to tell you exactly how your motion system should work. The Mm -hmm. previous time that I had gotten that tunnel vision on motion was from Google Earth. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting effect on Google Earth. With it, with the tunnel vision on, I don't get any kind of, I, I don't sense motion. If you turn the tunnel vision off on Google Earth and the entire world is shifting around as you're going, I, I, I'll feel the motion. Like my body is experiencing motion or rather my body isn't, but my brain is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll, I'll feel unbalanced. So a little bit of tunnel vision probably isn't bad, but that was a lot. They also go very dark. I mean, it, it, it's black kind of on the outside as opposed to Google earth just kind of fades it. So it's all blurry on the outside, which I think is closer to the experience of human sight anyway. Um, but probably my favorite part of that game was first finding and adding the throwing knives. Okay. Have you played with those? I did, and I wasn't very good with them. Oh, no, I'm, I'm horrible with them. That, that has nothing to do with whether it's my favorite mechanic or not. Because you grab the throwing knives, and you can basically attach them to your belt in front of you. And so you can look down and see the throwing knives kind of sticking out. Mm-hmm. Not really from your body, just kind of floating in front of you. But they're right down there, like right at your belly. And you reach down there, and you grab the throwing knives, and then you can throw them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the same thing with like a, a healing potion later on. Okay, I didn't get that far. Um, I got the uh, the little one handed crossbows. Yeah, the the crossbows. I was really bad at those. I'm not sure why, but my brain cannot aim with those. Part of the difficulty is they have they're absolute garbage for range. Yeah. So you have to aim significantly higher if anything is far away. Where with the bow, I can sit there and get headshots all day. Right. Well, the bow has got a lot more draw. Now, granted, it's a mechanical crossbow that's auto-cocking itself. So in general, you're without a large apparatus, you're not going to get a really good pull on that bowstring. Mm-hmm. Um. Whereas with the bow, yeah, you pull that back and it's closer to shooting an arrow or I'm sorry, shooting an arrow. It's closer to shooting a laser for the first, you know, 40 yards, 50 yards. Yeah. Whereas I tried, I found a nice open spot aimed right in front of me, shot out and the arrow hits the ground. I mean, hits the ground 30, 40 feet in front of me. 
And so I had to aim what felt unnaturally high to make that work yeah. at any kind of range. But it does have a really nice reloading mechanism, which is just a wrist twist. You just kind of twist your, your wrist uh, counterclockwise for the right one, clockwise on the left one. Just kind of twist them inward, and it reloads the things. And that was kind of cool. It just felt neat. It took me about three seconds to pick up on the reloading mechanic. So that was all good. But no, I wasn't exceptionally effective with them. I keep being disturbed by how much, or rather how little, swinging a sword at something feels like swinging a sword at something. Yeah, the sword's not as satisfying as the bow. Um, Especially the... It's, it kind of breaks the metaphor a little bit when you're just swinging the sword right through the orcs and mm-hmm. sure there's some sound or whatever, but you can just see the 3D assets kind of warping. Yeah, it, it, it just it, it doesn't have the right feel. And it actually makes the way that drawing a bow in VR feels more like drawing a bow, an actual physical bow. Um, it just makes that more impressive. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if there are other things you can do in VR that will have that same kind of feel. Yeah. Like I find myself swinging the sword really hard just to get some kind of sensation out of it. Like I'm still just swinging a motion controller around an empty space. Right. But there's no re- there's no resistance here. Yeah, and, and and to a certain degree, the question then is like, does swinging harder do more damage? It's unclear. Nope. No, not in this game. Okay. Basically, the way that I ended up when I play Trickster, I pretty much keep moving all the time and keep the bow all the time, and then as soon as I see something, stop and shoot, shoot until they're dead. And basically try not to ever let anyone get close enough where I need the sword. And then if I get surrounded or something, then I pull the sword out and take care of business and then go back with the bow and move on. And uh, I'm, I'm still not very good at the game. I probably, you know, probably, probably log 15 hours in it. And uh, it's just, it it's a good, it's a good athletic exercise. Okay. <laughs> There's been a couple times where I've started a workout on the watch and I'm like, oh, okay, I just burned like 200 calories in 20 minutes. <laughs> did you do any multiplayer? Not yet. Okay. I did multiplayer by accident. Yeah? Yeah, I just hopped into a level and on my second, on my second quest or whatever, somebody else hopped into my game. Nice. And so now I have all these other questions like, is there some kind of in-game chat functionality? Like, should I have the little boom on my headset turned down so I can talk into this thing? Cause I don't seem to have hardly any ability to communicate with this guy who's using teleport navigation. Mm-hmm. So well, he's the, just appearing and disappearing all over the place. The Vive headset has a microphone built in. Yeah. I just don't know if I need to like turn it on or is there a gain control? Like what's, how does this work? How do I engage yeah. this? It's in it's different in different games. Like in Janus VR, it's just one of the buttons above the like the button above the trackpad. Yeah. I think you just hold that to talk. 
But yeah, it's it's a fun game. I haven't played it in a couple of weeks. Mostly I've been playing uh, Throttle Power and Hollow Ball. Still kind of obsessed with those two. Um, one thing I really like about Hollow Ball is they, they have a multiplayer game, but he says like very clearly on the screen, like, advanced users only. Beat the campaign version in difficult mode before you come over here. Because the humans are good? Yeah. So like, yeah, I think I'll stay out of there for now. That's a ton of fun. Um, I do have Super Hot, and I think I told you about this earlier, but uh, I've got Super Hot. I, I, I messed up the settings somehow, and for some reason, the viewport window that runs on screen outside of the headset wants to go full screen whenever Super Hot is running. And I have Steam running on a 4K display, which it's not really there for gaming. It's there for Unreal Engine, so I can actually have some space and see what I'm doing. And it's a great working environment, not an ideal gaming environment at this point. Um, but Superhot wants to run in 4K on the viewport, which is a really bad idea. <laughs> basically, I'm just dropping every frame in the headset. Maybe not every frame, but I'm getting terrible frame rates. And it basically, it's, it's unplayable unless I unplug that monitor and launch it from the laptop screen. That's the only that's the only game I've seen like that. I'm not sure what changed sometime in the last couple of weeks where it's launching like that. I may have just been playing it before I got that monitor because I just got that about midway through June. So I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. I just have to unplug stuff to play it. There was a new... Um, Google app that came out recently, maybe two weeks ago, called uh, Blocks by Google. Have you heard of this? I, I saw the listing in the the announcement, but didn't really dig into it. So it's basically just kind of what it sounds like. It's a 3D asset building tool where everything is simple, much more simple building block type materials. Um, it's, it feels a little bit like Tilt Brush, but simpler in some ways um i got it and played around with it just long enough to confirm that i'm not an artist and then uh basically been watching twitter over the last week as people who are artists make mind-blowingly amazing things <laughs> like the first time they walk in but yeah it's really cool I've seen some really stupid headlines around it, too. Okay. I saw one headline that says, Google positioning themselves to be the Photoshop of VR. <laughs> what? Sure. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? But yeah, it's, it was pretty fun. Um, I don't know. It's a fun little playground type thing. I, I made a couple of things, and according to the feature list, you can then take those things and export them as a 3D asset to use in your game engine. But I couldn't really figure out how to get them out. Like just derping around the browser, I could see where those settings should be, but they weren't there when I tried it. Well, Blocks is free? Yep. 
I should go ahead and pick that up before they decide to charge money for it. Yeah. There is a game called Untitled, in all caps, and it is just a simple puzzle game. And uh, it's worth picking up. It's an indie developer. Pretty well done. Very minimalistic type of game. You're just in a white atmosphere uh-huh. and solving puzzles with some basic shapes. And just, I don't know, some really good design choices made. Um, you have to, like, throw things in certain ways and gravity goes up or gravity goes down. Just different things react in different ways. Um, and at no point is there any words printed anywhere or anything spoken. You, it's all just done graphically, which is part of the thing that I was kind of impressed. Like, he he or she communicated a ton of information without ever saying a word. So I thought that was pretty well done. I always admire stuff like that. Huh. I'm uh, watching the video right now. Hmm. Neat. It's the kind of game that I have a tendency to do really well at for about 20 levels <laughs> and then never be able to advance again. Yeah. I'll I'll hit some wall and no matter how long I look at that screen, I will never figure it out and I will be done. But That's, it's three that, bucks right now, so boo-hoo. Yeah, and that's one thing I like about VR games is you're much less likely to just Google the answer. That's kind of a pain in the butt to take the headset off and do that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I have. So we're going to record a little early next week. Yes, you are going to be on your way out of town next Sunday, so we're going to record on Saturday. And then uh, the following week, I guess just to give a heads up now, the following week we will not be recording, so we will miss... Let me check the exact date. We will not be releasing an episode the week of the 30th and 31st. We will be back on the 7th. Is that right? Yes. I'll mention that next week as well. So do you want to read through my 16,000 words of notes now? Right this second? No. So that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at VRHermit underscore Dave. And I'm at VRHermit underscore Joe. Uh, We also have a website, VRHermits.com. If you could, like us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or your podcast player of choice. 